The KOFB Studio presents Milk Crates and Turntables, a music discussion podcast hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host, Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show. So, uh, I have my first co-host. He, well, Jack's not even a co-host. He's my one of my dearest friends. Uh, he's another music uh, 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 genius. Uh, me and him can talk for hours on music. My friend Jack Calabrese, or Calabrese. I, I've known him for uh, 45 years. Still don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> so anyways, so yeah, let me bring him on. W- tonight's topic is uh, the best guitar solos. Who do you think the best guitar solo is? Or what do you think the best guitar solo is? So let me bring on my buddy Jack. Let's do a split screen, see how this works. Hey! There he is, Jackie boy. How's it going? It's going good. How you doing? By by the way, you're absolutely forgiven in terms of the pronunciation of of the last name. So this is absolutely true. So my brother Jimmy and I, you know, we're a year and a half apart. We graduated, you know, year after year from Winthrop High. I went through my entire school career as Jackie Calabrese. And Jim went through his entire school career as Jim Calabrese. <laughs> Even in our own family, we couldn't decide what the right pronunciation was. <laughs> All right. So listen, man, I brought, you know, we, we're going to do this show together. If I could get you on, I'll take you on every week. We'll, right. we'll do this together. We'll, um, you know, we'll see. So let me start with you. Uh, in your opinion, what is the best guitar solo song god it's it's such a subjective you know thing um i i'm I'm not sure that i can narrow it down to one do do you want me to give you a couple sure okay so this goes for the viewers the viewers can drop in a comment you know so so i i went uh i went through and grabbed a couple of couple of records right so you know just, just piggybacking off of the pink floyd is overrated yeah. The solo on time is pretty ridiculous, right? Or the solo on money. Just, you know, crazy. I mean, you know, um I, I, hold on. Let, let, me, let me interrupt you. Are you rubbing my face and shit right now showing that master, the original master album? Are you doing Yard that? Sale. On, you, Yard sale. Yard sale, $3. You're doing that on purpose <laughs> to me, aren't you? <laughs> you bastard. But those 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 I mean you're talking 1973 and those those squeals that he did. I mean, they just he could make that so, uh, his his guitar just so melodic, and then just make it absolutely scream right within the same like thirty seconds itself. Just yeah. unbelievable. So, um, you know, you know what? When when I was going through and looking at some of the records, I was trying to think of some things that you know maybe uh, you know out of the ordinary. Not that dark side of the moon is out of the ordinary, but you know. Everybody knows, you know, Jimmy Page, brilliant guitar player, Eric Clapton, brilliant guitar player, Jeff Beck, brilliant guitar player, Dwayne Allman and Dickie Betts. Ah. So off, off of, uh, you know, No Way Out, One Way Out. Or if you if you don't like that one, you know, take your pick off of Live at the Fillmore. Ah. And, you know, especially, you know, Whipping Post or Statesboro Blues, just monster, monster guitar solos. That album right there set my brother Colin into an Allman Brothers lifetime frenzy. Yeah. yeah. That album right there absolutely I mean, it, it, launched him into 
Allman Brothers. Like in his eyes, they're, they're the greatest band ever. But well, you know, the cool thing about it, especially in those early days, the play between Dwayne Allman and Dickie Betts, who were very, very different guitar players. You know, Dickie Betts was a picker, you know, almost a flat picker. And Dwayne Allman, you know, mostly slide, came out of the stacks, you know, area, played with Aretha Franklin, even before the Allman brothers, you know, were around. But the way that they played off of each other, the way that they pushed each other was just unbelievable, just really, really amazing. You know, that's, that's what made groups like Leonard Skinner so great. I mean, when you got, what, three guitarists, you know, yeah. at one point all just, and they could do it. No one was trying, no one tries to steal the scene. There you go. So speak, speaking of which, you know what, look, you know, everybody, every asshole at every concert yells out Freebird, but, you know, not for nothing, every now and again, when it comes on, it still gives me chills. You know, all the guitar players, Albert Collins, I mean, um, um, uh, who else was on there? Um, Gary Rossington. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, those, those yeah. guys were, were just unbelievable. I remember when I was a kid listening to it for the first couple of times, it literally gave me chills. And it still does from time to time. You know, there are times where I'm like, I, 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 I can't listen to this again. But there are other times where I'm just in the right mood or maybe had just enough bourbon where it's just it's still magic. It's just unbelievable. Greatest music video ever is the last 10 minutes of Devil's Rejects. Yeah. When he when Zombie brings in Freebird, them driving on the highway, they're all banged up. You know, I just the, the how you put those two together was genius. Now his other movies, and I know it's a music show, but he's a music guy. You know, there's something to be desired, but that one scene at the end of Devil's Rejects where he decides to drop in Freebird. Yeah. Was I mean it just it was for some reason it fit. It fit on that. Um, so he, he, go on. Here's here's one that that you know people may not have you know thought of, and here's a record that I know that you and I both hold dear to our hearts. Lou Reed. Oh yeah. Oh the yeah. Intro to Sweet Jane. You know, probably one of the longest longest intros in rock and roll history. You know what? It's not the greatest. It's it's good guitar playing, but it's the way it's done and the way it's presented and how it just it flows right into Sweet Jane. I mean, it's yeah. it's a, that's what makes that song. If you listen to Sweet Jane without the intro, it's a good song. The intro makes it a great song. Yeah, and, and you're right. It's not a very complicated guitar solo. It's it's mostly you know if you're speaking guitar speak, it's mostly the pentatonic scale. Um, so it's nothing flashy. It's just really tasty and really played well, and it's got a good funk and groove to it. And you're absolutely right. The way that it drops into that groove of Sweet Jane is just and amazing. right at that moment, you're listening to the album, staring at the album cover, sitting in the, your bed, a beanbag chair. You got the headphones on, or you get stereo blind. That moment where you hear the crowd erupt when you know Lou Reed just walked on stage. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't on stage for that intro, yeah. you know? And so you hear that crowd start to applaud and they just kind of, and you're like, that's the moment he walked on stage. That song puts you right there. Yeah, It's yeah. just so yeah. well. And I don't know if it was engineered after the fact, um, but it, it did it, a job. It, it, it very well could be. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't know that like Live at Budokan or uh, the first Kiss Alive, or, or even, you know, you 2 that little EP that they did of Bad and of Sort of Homecoming. 
none of those, or there were only parts of those that were actually played in front of a live audience. So that's what makes Made in Japan, Made in Japan one of the greatest live albums ever. It didn't get engineered afterwards. Deep, what you hear purple. on Made in Japan, Deep Purple, what yeah. you hear on that album is what they did over two nights and two shows. They brought it back and they didn't touch it. You didn't hear They and, didn't bring any audience into it. They didn't up the audience. It's pure what they saw, what they recorded right onto vinyl. It's amazing. And, and another amazing, amazing guitar player, Richie Blackmore. You know, yes. most people the, these days, they don't know. They, Deep Purple hasn't particularly aged well. Not not anything that that's their Music fault. Part, it just yeah. hasn't carried through as, as like Bad well. Company, another one that hasn't really yeah. pushed on. So as I, as I was looking through my records, I was thinking of, you know, guitar bands. The Ramones picked it out, right? Uh, no guitar solos. Uh, there's no, no guitar, guitar solos. solos. No. This is no, this is a double guitar solos. This, 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 this is a double album. There's not one guitar solo in here. <laughs> Gee, I so, wonder why. You know what? So no guitar solos. Green Day. Uh, are you not a, are you not a Ramones fan either? Mm, I respect them. I respect them for what they did. I respect them for the the timing that they had in in breaking through and being you know the leather jacketed uh, you know Ramones or it's not their name. It was like, but as as musicians and their music, it was it was okay to me. But I never really bought into it. I yeah. never bought into it. You know, I bought into the Sex Pistols, but I didn't buy into the Ramones. You know, yeah. I like I would listen to the Sex Pistols before I listened to the Ramones. Did you ever get to see the Ramones live? No, I, I probably wouldn't have. Whole different experience. I'll tell you, my brother Jimmy dragged me to go see them at the Channel. Hot as hell, packed, couldn't walk around. But just Jimmy got me and Phil to go see Ministry at the Channel too. It was the oh, only show that ever gave me a pounding headache. <laughs> the industrial ministry, but go on. I'm sorry. So he, only Jimmy can get us to do that too. Yeah. So he, here's one that's a little bit different that you might not have thought about. So Jackson Brown's running on empty. Yeah. The lead track running on empty. David Lindley on on the uh, slide guitar. Just unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and the, those are the guitar solos that you don't really pay attention to because it's it's played on the radio. It's you know, it's not a long song. It's not a but when you start getting into that aspect of, the, of, of songs where those breakdowns come in, those guitar breakdowns and it carries it, you know, I just, you know, guitar solos, though, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't really put that in my, in my category. So I have, again, my list, and you show the albums. I'm actually going to play the song. And I just rediscovered this recently. Um Wait a minute. Somebody said, we talk funny. <laughs> That's Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, you, you fucking bastard. Get the fuck out of here. Well, come down and slap you in the fucking head, all right? <laughs> there you go. So, um, and it's by all, uh, by uh, any group you would think about wouldn't be the group that I think is... Uh, and again, it's a rediscovery. Now, I know you like to venture out into new music, and I do too. I like to venture out into new music and see what's out there. Um, 
we at times probably go in different directions, but sure. any direction sure. is a good direction when you're looking for uh, looking for new music. Um, I'd say it's uh, funkadelic. Mother Earth is pregnant for the third time. Maggot brain. The song, the album cover, it's all, it's, you know, the name of the song, it's it's kind of a turn up. People won't give it the credit because they hear Maggot Brand and they see Funkadelic and they think it's some sort of, you know, garbage. But this is 10 minutes, and if anyone's listening to me, 10 minutes of some of the greatest guitaring, guitaring? Guitar playing. Guitaring's fine. Guitar, I just made up a word. I sound like the king of Facebook, don't I? <laughs> Making shit up. It is 10 minutes of the best guitar playing you've never heard. Now, I know you probably have because we, you know, we, we have eclectic tastes. Saw so it live a couple of times. Yeah. If you want to listen to anything, anyone out there, Put it on. Go to YouTube, pump in Maggot Brain, Funkadelic, and listen to this. It It's absolutely a mesmerizing, mesmerizing guitar solo that was done in one take. Guy went into the studio. Uh, his name slips my, uh, slips my mind right now. George Clinton told him, think of the worst possible thing you could possibly think of. And then play, just play. And he went in and thought about his mom dying. And this came out on the other end, and it's fucking amazing, amazing guitar soul. That, again, unless you're in that genre of funk and soul and R&B, it was never played on the radio. It wasn't one of their main songs, but it is, uh, uh, in the industry, it's known as one of the greatest guitar solos ever. And this guy was, he was in the, the realm of Jimi Hendrix as a guitar player, but he died of a brain tumor, so never got to see that. But yeah, so I would go with Maggot Brain, um, Sway, I always, I've been saying this for years, show me the album, show me the album. <laughs> It's a little disturbing um, image. Like I said, I have it's not much better. <laughs> I have I have seven copies of that. None of them are in good shape, which says a lot for that album. They played the hell out of that album. Yeah, this this one's pretty beat up as well. I, yeah, I think this this one came out of the Calabrese cellar or the Calabrese cellar. The Calabrese <laughs> cellar, whatever you want to call it. Um, when. When Mick Taylor starts hitting that solo toward the end, and the, and the story behind it is they were waiting for Keith Richards and waiting and waiting, and he wasn't showing up, and they, they had to record this, and Mick Taylor said, fuck it, I'll do the solo. Let's just get this fucking thing done. Keith Richards never showed up, and as I say, this solo on Sway sent him into fucking guitar Valhalla, man. It's just, to me, it's one of the, it's just any guitar solo that grips you. Not like, oh, it sounds good, like Eddie Van Halen. Just fucking, you just feel it. That's a great guitar solo. 
you know? Well, they, well the, those, are, those are really the golden days of the Rolling Stones. I mean, you think about the records that they put out when Mick Taylor was with them. So you got, you know, Let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers, Exile on Main Street, almost, all, you know, pretty much back to back. Those are, those albums are just unbelievable and they're amazing. And I think a lot of it has to do with his influence. You know, no, no disrespect to Ronnie Wood or Brian Jones. They were all brilliant in their own way. But the Rolling Stones hit their creative arc with Mick Taylor. That was the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Wood was no, you know, he's no slouch. No, not at all. When he came not in, I mean, I guess they, they traded guitarists. Uh, Mick well, Taylor well, went over Mick, the Mick, Mick Taylor just decided he wanted to leave. I think it was a lifestyle thing. I mean, you got to remember the Stones were so heavily into heroin at that time. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think the lifestyle was just a little bit too much for his, you know, his personality and more and more like Ron Wood's personality. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Walked right into it. So uh, let me see. What else do I have on this list? Uh, You know, green grass and high tides. I mean, that's that's a classic bad drinking, you know, party song for us growing up, you know. They, you know, uh, not, not, my only my only problem with the the outlaws, you know, green grass and high tides and green grass, green grass and high tides. You know, great song. Did the outlaws have any other great songs? Yeah, there you go. I, I would have been so happy. Like, hey guys, can you just play that song first so I can get the fuck out of here? Right, I gotta go to the house. House. How many times <laughs> have we done that? Gone to a show and you're like, just get to the song. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that that was that was. Uh, Quarter flash backing up Bob Seeger at the Boston Garden. Just what are you playing? You know, hard in my heart is the encore for. Just play it first, and I'll go fucking drink out in the lobby. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Although she wasn't bad to look at, though. She wasn't bad to look at. See, now there's a group right there. I never got into King Crimson. I don't know why. You know, I I think it's a you know it's a different genre. You know, prog rock. You, you know, I mean, so, you know, you can venture into that prog rock, you know, into like, you know, Rush or yes, but, you know, King Crimson is even to the right of that. I mean, brilliant, brilliant players, but it's a, it's a whole different thing. And you know what, you, one of the reasons why I think that you didn't get into it, you're a field guy, man. You, you just said it a couple of minutes ago, you know, you, you talk about the, um, you know, the, the Funkadelic song, that's all emotion. Oh. You, know, you talk about sway. That's all emotion. You yeah, know, you, talk, yeah. you just mentioned Eddie Van Halen, you know, million notes. And King Crimson is more technical than it is yeah. feel. Not that it doesn't have feel, but it, it's definitely more technical and uh, virtuosity. Yeah, they're great musicians. Great musicians. And sometimes when great musicians get together, their music is, is it has to be kind of a perfect sound. You know, whereas these other songs have kind of a freestyle to them. And that's more what I like in a song, you know, is that freestyle. Let me see. What do we got? Molly Hatchet solo on Dreams I'll Never See. Molly Hatchet was another one of those uh, solo guitar solo gods, you know. Uh, Flirting with Disaster is one of my favorite guitar songs. Uh It's it's like 30 seconds long, but it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's like, you know, back in the days when, you know, I was driving in the car and it came on the radio, I'm like, come on, get to the car, guitar solo, get to the guitar solo. And then it would, the guitar solo would play and I'd be completely psyched. And then I changed, changed the station. 
And by the way, if anyone wants to call in, hold on one second. Let me uh, try to. There's the number right there on the side. If someone wants to call in, 561-212-4915. Call Milk Crates and Turntables. Talk to me and Jack. I'll keep it like this just so they can see the uh, see the number for a little while. Let me see. What else do we got? Uh, wow, love Ricky Grimm call. saw the stones. Yeah. Saw them. Uh, Georgia Tech's uh, Bobby D- did stadium. Saw the Stones at uh, the Voodoo Lounge Tour, probably their last great tour, uh, at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Which I was a- I was lucky enough to actually see the Stones at the Orpheum Theater. Wow! So they yeah. they did a they did a tour a little bit later where they were they they when they came to Boston they played the Orpheum, they played the Garden. And they played Foxborough on the same, pretty much the same weekend. Ah, uh, okay. What tour was that? It was it was after a Voodoo Lounge, so it was like the mid two thousands. So it may have been uh, Bridges to Babylon. Oh, okay. But it actually may have been beyond that. Now that I think of it, in any event, my my claim to fame that night, I was three seats away from Bill Murray. <laughs> so, brush with brush. Uh, what do we call it? Uh, uh, brush with fame. Yeah. You know, that, I went, when I was working canine security at the Boston garden, um, I went in to see, um, like I would, you know, me and my guys would take a break and go in and check out a little of the concert. And I was sitting, uh, on the, uh, up in the seats, you know, I'm in uniform, but there's nobody really there on the side of the stage, the right side of the stage. And, uh, who was it? I was seeing, uh, it might've been, uh, like Bob Seger or somebody. And uh, I look over my shoulder and there's Peter Wolf eating a banana. <laughs> <laughs> Peter like Wolf was seats, all... Four seats away from me. Peter Wolf from Jay Giles at a concert and he's by himself and he's eating a banana. <laughs> so, so so let's... let's but let's then I asked him if he wanted to get on my shoulders but he didn't want to, so... <laughs> Let's let's piggyback off of the the Boston thing, so we got a little bit of an audience here. Who is the Boston rock and roll band great guitar player? There's there's a couple to choose from, no question. I mean, guitar players, great guitar players. Joe Perry, yeah, you know, he's got to be at the top of the heap. Um. You know, who was the guitar? Was Jay Giles the lead guitar for the Jay Giles band? Jay, Jay Giles. So you know, Joe Joe Perry is is you know technically regarded as the best guitar player, or probably the most you know proficient, most famous. You know, Aerosmith. There's no question about it. But I'll tell you, my favorite guitar player out of Boston was Elliot Easton from the Cars. From the Cars, again underrated as a guitar player, but the Cars were that band. They were. Um, they weren't known to be like they were good music. They played good, solid, party, uh, classic rock, great sound. But they didn't have heavy drum solos, heavy guitars. But uh, that fit. He definitely made it work with the Cars. If you, if you if you go back and you listen to those old Cars albums, the guitar solos—they're just—they're short, they're quick, but they're really tasty. Very well done. Very melodic, really crafted well. I mean, just amazing. And, and you know what? I'm a sucker for 
a good pop song, you know, with a with a solo. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you one of my favorite ones that you would never think of, that you never hear on the radio. <laughs> the, guitar, the guitar solo in my Sharona is oh, unbelievable. Yeah, the, the, the non-radio edit. The, the, the non-radio the, edit, because the, the, the non-radio edit, the guitar solo in it is, is like two or three minutes long, and it's amazing. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, that that's one of those, you know, when you heard it on the radio, it was kind of like, oh, they're playing the long version. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, hi, you're so used to hearing the radio edit version that it's like, that's kind of weird. It doesn't really go with the song. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great one. Great, great, great. Now, who's Gary? I don't know who that is, Bob Doucette. Gary Peel? Peel? Is Gary P? Is Gary P it's not the guy from... Uh... No, I, th- I thought for a second he may have been referencing the guy from the NAC, but it's I don't know who Gary Peel is either. I don't know. Who's that, Bob? Bobby, Bobby who's that, brother? You stumped, them, you stumped the experts, maybe. You might oh, have, yeah. I, know, yeah. I get Bob. Bob knows a lot about music also. Yeah, but Gary, 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 Gary Peel wasn't the original guitar player in Boston. It was Barry Gaudreau and Tom Schultz. It, by the way, uh, Hitch a Ride on Boston's you know debut record, that's a great guitar. Oh, song. yeah, yeah. That's another one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, the Boston album is one of those albums that I really don't listen to anymore because I, I just heard it so, so much. But those there's certain songs and certain albums that come around again and yeah. you kind of rediscover them. The Boston album, I just never really caught back on to. I like it. I like, I'm not knocking it, but I don't even think, I don't I might own it. I don't know. But it's not, I've just heard it so, be, especially being from Boston. Yeah, it's it was overplayed to death. No, no disrespect to the band or Tom Schultz, not their fault or, or anything like that. I mean, the thing was classic and amazing and sold good, 16 million copies. And and the fact that Tom Schultz basically recorded it by himself in a basement is right. unbelievable. Yeah, and again, it's almost uh it's almost too good, yeah. you know, yeah. that you've heard it so much. Let me check something out. Uh, I'm also right now listening to maybe the greatest guitar solo live ever. Um, Dazed and Confused from The Song Remains the Same. I When when he, when that motherfucker breaks out the, na, 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 the bow. Yeah. I, you never saw anything like that before. We never, we never saw that. When you saw the movie, we were drunk and high and... Some of them were tripping, not me. There's one thing I never did was hallucinogenics. I didn't like it. I needed to be in, t- in control. <laughs> you know. I'll tell you, we, we, we had the benefit of, of growing up with a lot of good music, but because of, a lot know, of good our, drugs. Our, our, our age, we, we missed a couple of things. Like, you know, we never got to see Zeppelin. I mean, I, I saw them at Live Aid, but they were a shadow of what they, they once were. You know, I mean, we never really got to see the original lineup of The Who because Keith died, so and Bonham died, and The Stones didn't tour forever. I mean, there was there was a, a void in the Boston area for a, a long time. So I was I had a chance to go see um, Pink Floyd at the Boston Garden. I, what were we fucking thirteen years old or something? And I'm not. And no names will will be mentioned in this story, but the plan was 
to meet at the graveyard before we went into Boston, and we were going to smoke a bunch of angel dust. <laughs> Thanks anyway. So, <laughs> that was the plan. So, oh, speaking of this, there it is. So the plan was to do that And I said Fuck that I'm not going there Angel Dust Keep the ticket Keep the concert I'm not doing it So I gave up my chance to see Pink Floyd Cause I was a good boy Pussy Pussy I was a pussy (laughs) I think that's what they called me actually afterwards. I didn't care. So I, I I have a similar story where somebody actually offered me a ticket to go see Bob Marley. My parents were like, Are you fucking kidding me? You're not going to that. What Bob Marley? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't really I didn't I didn't really know who he was. I was like, I think I was 14 or something. I was young. Yeah. Well, he died in what, 81? Uh, eighty-one. Yeah, it may have been. It may have been. I mean, I was, I was, so I was, I was a kid. There's no question about it. Well, at least it wouldn't have been violent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You want to well, fight? You want to fight? Have... What? Yeah, exactly. What were you saying? Huh? huh? What a bite! I said, "Am I Twinkie, dude?" Now here so we Leo, go. Leo, Leo, the weekly Leo Leo Haskell just jumped in and said, "Bob Seger, I'll tell you, there's some great guitar solos on uh, Live Bullet." And I think Leo ate it when he bit the album. I'll still never forget that. He, I watched what? Fight. I watched Leo, and I've told this story a couple of times so far uh, on this show, and it'll probably come up every show now. Leo is in my memories Hall of Fame for this moment in time. He, I don't know if you remember, he hated Bob Seger when we were when we were all hanging out. He hated him, right? And we were at Oki's house one night, and someone had him. He pulled out a Bob Seger album. And I watched Leo take that thing, and it's of course it's like one in the morning, so you know where we're at mentally. And he bit down on the vinyl and just kept biting, and he bent it, and he just he bit it until it broke. You know how hard it is to break a vinyl album. He bit it. I, so I give him credit. He bit a fucking chunk out of a Bob Seger album. <laughs> I bet you it tasted bad. I don't know. I don't think he tasted much. He might have tasted a little blood in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and now now it comes full circle. He actually, I guess, likes Bob Seger. So. so Stevens, I went to Tull, but can't remember. But Jethro Tull had a great guitar player, Martin Barre. Ah. Fantastic guitar player. The, come on, the guitar solo on... You know, locomotive breath or aqualung. I mean, there's some great stuff there. I, I yeah, but I was never a Tull fan either. I, I you, you know what? You know, with, with the birds twittering in the flute and whatnot, around in the tights and the flute, and he's doing all this shit, like that medieval shit, never floated with me. He was he was a great performer, but I just wasn't into the Lord of the Rings that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Hobbit. I think he was. I think he was doing more of his his J.R. Tolkien. You know, imitation of a uh, you know Bilbo Baggins with a flute. I don't know, but so, they, so, they did beat Metallica out for best heavy metal band. Yes, they did. <laughs> so yeah, yes, they, yes, they did. But by, by the way, you know, sp- speaking of which, you know, maybe maybe not this show, but maybe next time we get together, we should talk about they announced the nominees 
for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame today. And we uh, might 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 finally get the nod. I mean, you talk about influential bands. The Go-Go's were nominated and should have been in a long time ago, but we can discuss that another time. I mean, we can talk about it. It's um we can we like I always said this show is kind of freestyle. We can go back to it anytime we want. Um Go-Go's in the Hall of Fame before the Smiths? No. Go-Go's in the Hall of Fame before the Pet Shop Boys? No. Go-Go oh, come on. Go-Go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Go-Go's influential women women band. Overlooked. Dreadfully overlooked. Smith's great band. Pet Shop Boys, great band. But you think you think about what those women had to do in that time and in that environment and the success that they had. Now, I will offer you this. No great guitar solos. <laughs> No great, no great guitar solo. No great guitar solo. No, no. Um, Jane Weedland was an average guitar player. If yeah. it wasn't for MTV, the Go Go's would be the no nos. That's all <laughs> I got to say. Tell you, the first time I saw them, they opened for the police. I great saw the only time I saw the police was at that, you know, I watched, uh, let me see, The Fix and Flock of Seagulls at Sullivan Stadium. Open Hot for the- day. Hot day. Wow. There was some. There was somebody. I won't mention his name. Mark Talent that was on mescaline. <laughs> <laughs> bro, dude, bro. Oh, there he is. Pat Benatar should be in before them bitches. That's my boy. Is is Pat Benatar not in? I don't think she's in. No, is she not in? That that surprises me. She should be in. No question. Yeah. I I don't think the go goes belong. I think it's all. It's again. And I, I'm not. This isn't politics. This isn't anything. But when you're putting in, you know, I saw the list, and there's a lot of virtue signaling going on there. And that's just my opinion. We're not going to get political. It's just my opinion. My show, my opinion. But I I see a lot of virtue signaling. They're trying to even things out. I saw the list, and I'm not not impressed at all. I don't think that, I think there's, uh, I, I, you know. There's a lot of bands that should be in. If you want to start talking from the 80s, I would put Echo and the Bunnymen in before the Go-Go's. Echo and the Bunnymen should be in. If you ever listen to their greatest hits album, you'll, you know it, you, it. You'd be surprised how many songs you know by them. By the way, another band that I saw at the channel. God, I missed that place. And I'm, and I'm not tripping. I, I hope you're not, Tal. <laughs> uh, who did you see at the channel? Uh, Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, yeah, I, again, so by the time all that started going, I, I went to the military, so I missed a, a big chunk of years of, of shows, of missing shows. Like I, so I went two years in the Philippines, of course I didn't see a show, but I did heckle Bob Hope, top that one. So, and I actually heckled him, to, and I got his attention. So, <laughs> so. The, the, cha- the channel was, God, I mean, I the saw The channel it, was but- great. The best so, shows so, on the channel were New Man and Gore. No, I, I saw that's where I saw Buddy Guy. It was the first place I saw the Black Crows. First place I saw the Ramones. Iggy Pop with Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Oh uh, wow. Metallica Metallica. I didn't see them, but Metallica played there twice. Wow. Yeah. That see, even Stacy says the list is awful of the of the I don't know. I can't really. The Hall of Fame. I saw the list. Chaka Khan. Come on. Come on. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. 
<laughs> Come on, Till Tuesday, yeah. I remember seeing Till Tuesday there. So Chaka Khan was good. Why isn't Rufus in then? You know? Her solo career wasn't that great. You know, Rufus had a great, you know, they had a great little catalog. Why don't they put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame together? No. But, again, wait a minute, that was a long comment. I blew by it. Applying to Boston said, Steve Inns at Talking Heads played at UMass, and it wasn't Patty opening. All right. So so let me ask you this, because you had mentioned it earlier. You know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, guitar solos, what, what about this guy? I mean, he's, he's the groundbreaker, right? He's a groundbreaker. You can't. Were you, were you, a, were you a fan? Oh, absolutely, I was a fan. Yeah. Any yeah. particular, any any particular solo? I mean, for, first off, you got to give him credit. I mean, how many albums have come out where you actually have a guitar solo as an actual cut? Right. So no, no, no rhythm track per se. You know, no vocals or no bass or anything like that, but a pure guitar solo on an album you just don't see. Exactly. Well, again, and that's 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 the the sign of a great producer who knows wow. how to put that together. Now, his guitar solo in the studio was a bunch of clips that they chop a bunch of chops from a lot of, and then they that's would not chop true. Them but, That's not true. But I'm saying when they put it together, he played it like he didn't. They said, well, we like this. We like it wasn't different guitar solos. It was different parts from the same guitar solo, from what I understood. But I, you know what I'll tell you, you know, in, in terms of talking about like your, your theme songs that have great guitar solos in it. I mean, you, you think about, you know, iconic running with the devil, the guitar solo on that. You really got me. Ain't talking about love. Didn't he guitar solo every song on the first album? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Ain't talking about love. Ice Cream Man, which is an old blue standard that he, yeah, you know, yeah. just electrified. Uh, an atomic Punk. Uh, you know, Little Dreamer. And I'll tell you, my my my, my favorite guitar solo on this album is is a cut called "I'm the One." Okay. What unbelievable. Those? Just I'm, unbelievable. Skewer song because that's one of those. Albums that's known for those other ones, but the whole album is great. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those. It's and I and I like those things. I like so perfect record. Perfect record. There's not a flaw on this. There's not a bad song on this no. album. No, and there's not a bad song on this second album either. So uh, who's it? Uh, Tal just said that we haven't mentioned Prince yet. Prince was an amazing, amazing so, guitar. Well, well, would the greatest guitar solo be his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, George Harrison, While My Guitar Gently yeah. Weeps? Yeah. I mean, that's got to be in the top five. It's got to yeah. be. I mean, that was, a, that was a moment in time that, again, another one that just grips you. It's emotional. Like, in the looks on his face and the ease in which he did it and the style and the it just... They knew when you when you have these guys taking a backseat to him playing guitar, you know. And again, go and watch the video and look at George Harrison's son in the background with the smile on his face, like Jesus Christ. The, yeah, you know, he was a mon he was a monster, monster oh, guitar player. A most probably the most underrated guitar player of all the rock gods. 
but but here's here's the thing. At, at least at, at least at least from my perspective, not as well represented in his early album days. You know, maybe a little bit on. Um, well, he remember he was he was a funk. He, he his first albums right. were kind of they had that funk. He 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 had a, a rivalry with Rick James. Uh, they had they actually uh, my brother Mark, God rest his soul, when he was in the army, uh, he he was at Fort I forget where he was, but they had a a funk concert like a funk off, and it was Rick James and then Prince. Remember, he used to have the big bodyguard with the big white beard, oh, yeah, sure, come in on his shoulders and. You know, and they had the, the that whole thing going on between those two. And what was it? Uh, Prince opened up for the Rolling Stones. He did. The 81 tour. And got pretty much moved off stage. Well, he got bottled and, 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 yeah. and coins and everything thrown at him. I don't know who put that show together, but definitely. Well, you, uh, know, you know, part, part of it is, he, you know, he came up pretty much in his underwear. Yeah, he had the God about the long boot. You know, that's, that's his Dirty Mind album. Yeah. You know, which when we start getting into great albums, that is a great album. That so you, is you, great. you know, you know what's kind of interesting, and, and maybe um, you know, maybe we can talk about this. But you know, all of the people that we've talked about in terms of great guitar solos or great guitar players, the old days. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we ventured past nineteen eighty-five. You know, and, and you know, it's it's hard to do as you get you know, further along because, you know, there are less and less people that are actually playing guitars. Night bro. Bro to bed, bro. Tal, take, take your Talatol and go to bed. <laughs> take your Brotol and go to bed with a Bromo Celta, bro. So, so, so somebody that's a great guitar player or great guitar players a little bit later on, the boys from Pearl Jam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. you know, I mean, you're, st you're still talking, you know, yeah. you're still talking 20, 20 years ago. But you know, that first album, grunge was alive. the rebirth of guitar music. I mean, you got the hair metal. There was some good guitarists in those, like in those those groups, like Slaughter and Rat. They had good guitar solos, good guitar. You know, even Motley Crue. You know, Mick Mars is a great guitar player. They had those, you know, but I don't know if it'll ever get the respect it really deserves. No, you no, know, those guitars because there was never everything started sounding the same. I'll, I'll tell you for for anybody that's jumped in and, and you know talked about Pink Floyd, jump on YouTube and check out Pearl Jam playing "Comfortably Numb" by Pink Floyd at Fenway Park. The guitar solo in it is unbelievable. It'll it'll make you cry. It's just incredible. Another band, um, '90s, late you know, uh, late '90s into, into even to today, with great guitars, great guitar solos, is uh, Corn. Yeah, now, I don't know if you've ever seen them. Now, I've, I saw I've, I saw I saw them at Woodstock '99. Did you really see them though? I did. <laughs> Because that was a zoo, that fucking thing. I watched yeah, that. I was, I was, I was right up front when they came out with "Are you ready?" and the yeah. whole crowd just starts. That yeah. I've seen them as many times as I've seen you too. So I put them in very, uh, uh, very because their music, the guitar, it's 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 that like Rage Against the Machine can is comparable. Tom Morello, 
Do you want to talk about yeah. great guitar solos? I, I, if, I, if I remember correctly, they went on right before Corn at Woodstock 99. Did they really? Yeah. 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 I've seen them in, uh, a few times. But, um, again, great guitar you know, solos. Great. Not so they, You start getting out of the solos, like you said. Um, you don't really see long, drawn-out solos. Like, I think I'm into, what, 12 minutes now of this uh, Dazed and Confused. And that's... <laughs> You know, it's in a 20 minute song, you know, <laughs> and half of it is Jimmy Page playing the guitar, you yeah. know. So, yeah, I mean, again, we get into those categories, those, those those decades, which I don't know if we'll ever see it again. We don't, we, you don't see drum solos anymore. Which is not a bad thing. I'll tell you, so, so I got to see, I, I had the good fortune of seeing uh, Van Halen from their second tour till the second tour with, with Sammy Hagar. And my, my complaint was that every time I saw them, couple of songs, drum solo, couple of songs, bass solo, couple of songs, guitar solo. Yeah. Uh, I get the Eddie Van Halen thing, but dude, God, drum solo, come on, who cares? Drum solos were designed to let the guitarist and the singer take a break. No, it was designed <laughs> for me to take a piss. <laughs> exactly. That's in it. You know, unless you're going to see uh, Blue Oyster Cult when they do, you know, Godzilla, and <laughs> he's got the lasers coming out of the drum. Or was that Bad Company? I don't know. One of them. <laughs> so now there's a there's a group right there, Tool. I mean that yeah. they're in a, they're in a category of their own, if you ask me. I, I put Tool in there with with um, with uh, fucking. I think of their name. Um, Fucking paranoid android and uh, Radiohead. Uh, Radiohead, yeah, yeah. I mean, superior musicians. Yeah, absolute superior musicians. Superior songwriting. You know, it, it, they're just guitar. <laughs> the guy's from. He's from Illinois. He's from Chicago, so that's why he. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Stevens, uh, he he's mentioned Buckethead who, you know, has done a lot of solo stuff, played for a short period of time with Guns N' Roses. Monster, monster guitar player. I mean, just... Yeah, yeah. Virtu yeah. Well, virtuosity. Well, well, yeah. So is, uh, was it John Five for Rob Zombie? Yeah. He was, he's one of those sought-after guitarists that he's, he was with Man uh, Marilyn Manson for a while. And he gets sick of his antics. And Zombie's like, you ready to come over here? And he absolutely loves them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So John Five, a lot of great guitarists out there, but we don't see, like, you know, the topic was, we don't see the great guitar solos anymore. There's no more rock gods. They don't, yeah. You People know? don't get it. So, you know, that, that, that remember that guitar solo uh, that, that, that The Edge did from, uh, oh, that's right, he never did. That's not true. <laughs> guitar solo? Edge. Yeah. What, what about, um, Huh? What, what about what about silver and gold off of uh, Rattle and Hum? Uh, what what about the guitar break in um, in God's Country? I don't know if that's 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 kind of a bridge. I don't know if that's a solo. Did he take it off? Did he take off with it? And I guess yeah. In God's Country is actually one of my favorite songs um, from you too. So it, I, I think that we have friends in our circle that debate. You know they they talk about the edge being, you know, overrated. And, and I, I, don't I, can, think so, I, I, 
I can I can understand you know where you know our friends are coming from in terms of look you know he he can't play like Jimmy Page can play he can't play like Jeff Beck can play but you can't deny the fact that the guy is a creative guitar player and has been for forty years with a pretty good amount of success. What was the the documentary? It was uh, it was the Edge. Uh, it uh, was, play, uh, play it loud. Play it loud. Play it loud with uh, yeah. Jack White, Jack White, and Jimmy Page, and Jimmy Page and, and the Edge. Yeah, yeah, and they all did talk about good documentary. Oh, it's great! It's great. We'll get into that category too. That's another. That's another topic. Uh, maybe next week we'll talk about rock docs. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, as you know, of, of uh, rock docs. I uh, could sit here all day and watch them at least, you know, two a day. Yeah, you know, I, I got a bunch of them. The other day on the scene, I think I was telling you the scene at on uh, on Sunset Strip from 85 to 90, you know. Uh, I, I forget the name of it. I just watched it. Uh, but that whole scene on Sunset Strip in L.A. when they started off you know, with Guns N' Roses were coming up and Jane's Addiction was coming up and they had the different oh. clubs and at one point any club could have goth punk or these you know these these kind of semi glam rock guys all playing and they all got along everybody was cool with each other you know the whole strip was a scene the whole the music stores and the clothing stores and Dude, you know, I'll, I, I'll tell you you just mentioned him Dave, Dave from Jane's Addiction that first album yeah the the, the Mountain song, mountain the guitar song. Yeah, I was gonna say mountain. Oh song. kicking off a great album. So, so we were talking about you know being able to see you know bands that that made it big in small places. We talked about the channel. Yeah. First place I saw Jane's Addiction was at TT the Bears. You know, capacity of like two hundred. <laughs> you know, unbelievable. I, I went to TT the Bears. If I was, oh. I was. I blacked out. I don't. Is is as big of a memory of Jane's addiction to TT the Bears was my bigger memory was my future wife throwing up in front of TT the Bears. There you go. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm sure she's happy you just threw that out there. <laughs> and so your your friend Wendell Sear mentioned Gary Moore still got the blues. That is an amazing, amazing album. For those of you that don't know, Gary Moore came out of Thin Lizzy. Just an incredible, incredible guitar player. It really died young. Well, again, another topic. You yeah. know, great musicians that died young. Not the twenty-seven group. You know, uh, that that that's that's a kind of that that is what it is. You know, but just I, these 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 great that could have been great. They were they they were on their way to be great, and just never you know, well because they died. Like Jim Carroll said, those are people that died, died. They were all my friends, right? And That's a good died. guitar song. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jim Carroll band was, uh, uh, I, I, they were, they were kind of a flash in the pan. I don't think two, he, two songs that, that right. song. And it's too late for, it's too late. Guaranteed. Yeah. But they, they were one of those bands that you wanted to see live because yeah. it was, it, you know, they're electric live. I personally never got to see them, but, you know they were they were uh, you could say the, of course you did of course you did. Yeah. I was in the military <laughs> that's my excuse thank you, sir thank you for your service it allowed me to go and see concerts yeah that's right that's right well I'm carrying a gun for this country working midnight shifts you're all fucking drinking smoking and going to concerts uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen buddy we just rolled up on an hour I think we uh we can wrap it up. 
I think it was a All good right. show. Um, see, people still rolling in. There's a great documentary called Mystify on uh, Amazon Prime. Watched it the other day, a rock doc on Michael Hutchins. It's it's really worth watching. That poor bastard. You know, there's, there's a lot to his story people don't know, and they they tell it in this. But so, uh, hey, when, when we uh, when we get together again, I got to show you my my list of I'm I'm on this quest of exploring new music and you know i've been buying a lot of vinyl lately you know just a lot of really kind of goofy and interesting stuff all right so what we'll do is um what did you pick up this week anything before we go you got anything good we'll call this what you bought and what you thought that's what we'll call it uh, I'll, I'll show you real quick yeah yeah we got time and i mean you, there's you guys... no real time limit i just don't want to keep you up i know you work <laughs> Kate, so this is Kate Bush. It's a five disc set. So this is all vinyl. Uh, you know, interesting fact, you know, for those people that know or don't know Kate Bush, you know, really popular, huge, huge in Europe. Yeah. Only played live in America one time. You know where she played? The Orpheum. Saturday Night Live. Ah, really? Good, good, yeah. good trivia. Sufjan Stevens, new release. Uh, this this was on a lot of people's top albums of 2020. I haven't, I haven't even opened it yet, but I'm looking forward to playing that now, one. Who's that? Who is, I, I don't know who that is. So Sufjan Stevens has been around probably 10, 15 years, number of different records. His most famous is an album called Illinois. So he actually had this quest at one time where he was talking about doing an album based on every state in the nation. And I think he got through three states. But, you know, pretty popular amongst the younger generation. Okay. Thundercat. Real funk album. You actually might like this one. All right. Really, really kind of funky and groovy. Um, David Byrne, American Utopia, live on Broadway. So this is really a mix of David Byrne solo stuff and talking head stuff. Talking head I, got stuff. To, I got to see this. So they actually workshopped. The show before they went to Broadway, they actually did it in Boston. They played in Boston for like three oh, okay. weeks. Got to see the show, unbelievable, really incredible. All right, Crooning Ben. Where are the where's this band from? Uh, Houston, 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 Texas. There you go. As they L- should largely, be. largely instrumental. You know how you like to put on your vinyl on Sunday mornings? Yeah. Go on Spotify or whatever you have. Listen to this. I think you'll actually really like it a lot. All right. Um, getting into jazz a little bit, Lee Morgan. So there's a documentary on on um, um, what, what's it called? Netflix. Uh, they called I, they call me Morgan. Tragic story. Was playing with Dizzy Gillespie at 18 years old. If you can see in this picture, he actually has his hair pulled forward. Yeah. He, he got into heroin. Or what's Black the name note. of it? Uh, they call me Morgan. All right, don't tell me anymore. I hate the I hate the endings of movies. Okay. All right, all right. I, I'll watch it. I'll, just, I'll watch it tomorrow because I'm not great, working. Great, great jazz record. New Foo Fighters. Okay, can't go wrong with them. And then, uh, last but not least, you know, since we're talking about you know guitarists, I'm totally into this guy. Not you know sexually, but you know I like the way he plays guitar. Grant Green. Wrong with that. Grant Green, you know, uh, a combination of, you know, Wes Montgomery, George Benson, you know, just a really unbelievable guitar player. 
Okay. So if if you're bored, if you're looking at, send me a a note if you want, you know, this list or or anything like that. But the stuff on this is unbelievable. It's really beautiful. And again, beautiful Sunday morning stuff, Scott. Okay. I'm always down with that. So you're, you're going in the direction of, you know, new music. I'm starting to go in the direction of finding old music. Like what? Finding, rediscovering old music. Like I started with Funkadelic, you know? I kind of, you know, you get away from stuff. You go through these stages in in your life and you get away. Uh Uh-oh. This came in the mail today. So this is Come Go With Me. This is basically the story of the Staples Singers. Uh, Hold on, hold on. I'm going to actually take, I'm, I'm taking one of my tiles off, one of my soundproof tiles, buddy. This was my one of my favorite uh, 45s ever. There it is. Staple Singers, I'll take you there. Awesome. There you go, buddy. Love so this, it. So this, Didn't even so know this, they, were, this, they were religious. This, if, you, if you're you know, kind of into this old soul kind of gospel stuff, this is a great deal. It's on Amazon right now. Seven records. All the stacks releases, Scott. Hundred oh. bucks. Wow. Seven albums. Jesus, they they giving it away. They giving it away. <laughs> Crazy Eddie. So yeah, what we'll do is uh, you know, we'll pop on next week, and again, you can come on whenever you want. If you can't, I I, I can carry it. But you know, I'll start looking for stuff, rediscovering stuff. You bring in some new stuff, and we'll you know we'll throw a couple albums up each week and see what uh, see what kind of, see what we come up with. Sounds and I've discovered music that's been around that I've never really listened to. And a great, a great uh, example of that for me is, um, there we go. Gorillaz fans, you know who that is. That's my boy. Yeah. That's my boy. What's up, Diamond Dave? <laughs> uh, shouldn't you be studying for your astrophysics exam? I'm bragging now. <laughs> um, is uh, Nico Case. Oh, again. So she popped out of the what? The new pornographers. Yeah, pretty that was the yeah. name of the group. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I kind of, I kind of dabbled around, and then again, you get, uh, you go off into another direction, and you kind of, I heard, I'd hear it, but I never got to it. So I went back. That one I popped out. I think I about three years ago I started digging back into, and I found and. The Blacklisted is one of my favorite all-time albums now. Yeah. That is, I mean, I don't know if you have it, but, dude, get it. Nico Case Blacklisted, that, that a, a song, a, not a bad song on it. Yeah, no, it's a not great a record. a bad song on it. So, there he goes, midterm done, I'm chilling. That's my boy. That's my boy. Use that brain your mom gave you. <laughs> All right, listen, we're going to wrap this up, buddy. Um, Jack, stay on and see if I can pop you back on. And, and I, I want to talk to you about something for a second. Yeah, no and worries. Everybody else, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know I did. I know Jack did. We're going to try Absolutely. to do it every Wednesday night, nine o'clock. Uh, hopefully, Jack can attend every show. If he can't, then I, I guess uh, I guess I have the personality to carry an hour. I think I can do it. Two hours. <laughs> With with a guitar solo in the middle, I might have to I might have to introduce you. <laughs> but we're gonna end it on that one. You win. 
So if we get cut off, Jack, I'll give you a quick call right after this. But everybody, yeah, no thanks worries. for watching. If you like it, you know, uh, uh, share it. And uh, we'll see you, uh, Milk Crates and Turntables, next Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. All right, we're out.